Hello everyone and welcome back to today's episode of You Are Always Enough with your host me, Lisa Marie. I hope you're all having a wonderful day and I know I've said this before but I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast out of all of the things you could be doing. I love you, each and every one of you, and I hope you know how much I appreciate you spending time with me on this podcast today. I have been having an extremely rough past couple of weeks. I think I did mention that on last week's episode, and I, you know, I am finally kind of at the other end of that at the moment. Um, I did see my psychiatrist last week and we were able to up my dose of medicines and I've been working with my therapist closely and it's really funny because this Tuesday I've been having like a really hard past few weeks and I've just been feeling extremely depressed like you know every second was just so difficult for me and I just felt super sad and thankfully when I upped my antidepressants I ended up um like they ended up kind of like kicking in this Tuesday and so I was super sad like Monday of this week started off super super rough for me like literally everything kept going wrong and then on Tuesday, I was just still not feeling it, and then kind of in the afternoon, the medicine, like, hit, and I just started feeling, like, more normal. Um, It kind of brought me from, like, super sad to, like, normal, and there was still stuff that I was sad about, but I wasn't, like, drowning in my sadness anymore, so thank you, medication. And the thing is, I'm not, like, super like pro-medicine honestly I was really kind of wary of trying medicines for mental health and I, I would say I'm pretty witchy like sometimes western medicine can be a little bit suspicious to me um and I've talked about my experience trying different medications before and you know, it was really, really hard. I tried so many different medicines and they either like made things a lot worse or they did nothing. And it was really disappointing. Um, But thankfully, I did find something that worked for me. And it did take trial and error finding a good psychiatrist as well. Um, So I just want to let you know that if you are taking medication, I'm so proud of you because it is a long journey of trying things. Um, And if you're not taking medication, that's totally fine. Um, And if you're interested in it, you know, it's worth it to try it out. I really didn't think I would come to the point of finding something that helps. And then one day it just did. And now it's been like so beautiful to have kind of some of that weight and depression off of my shoulders. Like I said, a lot of times when I'm in that depressive state, I kind of feel like I'm drowning and I'm just so sad and sluggish. And I, I always say that I feel like a ghost almost. I'm just kind of like floating around life and I feel like nobody cares about me or likes me and it can be really hard. So, um, you know, it's just wonderful to finally be able to have something that does help kind of take some of that hard, like, 
pain away. And yeah, so I'm very fortunate to have found something that works because I, like I said, I did try so many medications and finally something worked, but I feel like I tried hundreds of medicines and it was, it was tough. So as some of you know, if you've listened to my previous episodes or if you know me in real life, I have decided to go no contact with my family, um, my adoptive family, I should say, and it has been extremely difficult. Um, my family was incredibly abusive and toxic, and, you know, I things kind of fell into place that led me to having kind of that clean break. I didn't, like, run away in the middle of the night or anything, um, but it has been one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with in, in my whole life, and it's something that I really hope a lot of people don't have to worry about because it is so lonely and you know when you are in an abusive situation you are kind of made to believe that you're the problem and it's and you know you are told that it's not abuse um and it's incredibly difficult you for me like I had to completely start over with nothing (laughs) like I had no belongings my adoptive family you know destroyed my things they broke them with hammers and they burned them and they thought it was really funny to kind of torment me by sending me videos of them like destroying my life's belongings and yeah that was really hard for me and there have been so many moments over the past few years where I have felt so incredibly lonely that I considered talking to them again just because I didn't want to be alone. And that is something that I know a lot of people have in common with me, you know, with an ex-partner or a toxic friend. um, When they leave, you feel this huge loss and if someone's toxic or abusive it's like on one hand you feel like a weight is lifted off of your shoulder and on the other hand it feels horrible you miss them and you feel lonely and you kind of question yourself and go back and forth on if you've made the right decision or not and I know deep down, and I've known since I first cut them off, that this is what's best for me, and even in those moments where I feel lonely, I I know that it wouldn't be good to have them in my life. I just want to say that I'm sorry, my throat is like being weird right now, so if my voice sounds weird, I apologize. But it can be incredibly difficult to have to cut off family members because everyone it seems like every single person when you look around has family and I know 
there are so many broken families and I know a lot of people who have one parent or their parents are separated and things like that. But for me, I cut off everyone. I had no one that was safe and my adoptive parents when I cut them off and they kind of realized that I had no intention of you know like getting back into that toxic cycle they basically called and contacted everyone like my extended family members you know my siblings my cousins literally everyone in the family they reached out to them and told them a fake story about me and said that I was, like, mentally unstable, and, um, like, a couple months before I had cut them off, I had, um, a suicide attempt, and I was in the hospital, you know, like, I could have died, and unfortunately, my family did not believe in mental health, which I, like, I don't know how you can, like, not believe in mental health, but they didn't, And so they used that against me and kind of told everyone that happened and that I was mentally unstable and I was crazy and that I was making up lies. And truthfully, I didn't talk to anybody about anything. I told the the friends that I had in my circle at the moment, like, you know, I have nowhere to live or like my I'm cutting my parents off or whatever. I never even, like, came out with my story, and in that moment in my life, I didn't even really realize, and I couldn't name that I was being abused, and that is something that a lot of people struggle with. I mean, even I've been out of that house for over three years now, and I still find myself questioning it, and I still find myself asking, you know, was it abuse? Was it you know, was I just making it up, or am I lying, or am I being dramatic, and the the truth is, like, I know that I was in an abusive situation, and that's just the facts, but anyways, yeah, at that moment, I told no one, and so basically, my adoptive parents had cut my ties with anyone in the whole entire family that I could have contacted, which I wasn't going to, but basically I started getting floods of messages from family members or, you know, family friends just kind of like saying crazy stuff to me about how I'm crazy and mentally unstable and I need to go back home and I need to do all of these things. And they even tried to like report me as a runaway, which I was kicked out firstly and secondly um I was over 18 so I wasn't like a runaway you know I'm an adult and yeah that's kind of the background of my story and so anyways back to the original point I was cutting off my entire family basically And I had literally no one except for some friends that I was with at the time and my boyfriend, Jeffrey. And so, yeah, like, I felt 
Like I couldn't relate to anyone because I looked around and everyone I knew had some family, whether it was one person or a whole family, like I didn't find anyone that I could relate to and I still struggle finding people who have went no contact with their family and so I often feel alone in this situation and not to say that other people don't have a hard time even with family I totally understand that and going no contact with your family is not always the best option and I really truly like don't wish that on anyone I wish that no one ever has to go through what I went through because it's so incredibly hard and like I said I didn't really know anyone who knew what I was going through and it's still hard sometimes to connect with people who know what I'm going through because I just don't know anyone who knows but With all that being said, I did go back and forth a lot about reaching out to my family or, you know, just trying to not have that horrible sense of loneliness. And I I knew that it wasn't really an option for me to, like, talk to my family members again. Um, You know, I talk to a couple people now. Um... Like, I talked to two of my sister-in-laws and a couple of my nieces and nephews, but it's, like, like, that's really it. And also, you know, it's, like, not actually anyone that I grew up with or anything like that, and I'm super grateful to have contact with these wonderful women, but it is incredibly hard for me still, um... But yeah, I really struggled with that for a long time and I could not figure out why I was so sad and so lonely about cutting my family off. I was super angry with myself because I was like, I cut off these abusive and toxic people who did horrible things to me and I still miss them. Like, I still hope they're doing okay. I wonder about them. I have dreams about them. I couldn't understand why. And, I mean, I know, you know, like, they're part of my story and I grew up with them and everything. Um, And obviously, the people I think about the most are my younger siblings. I love them so much and I don't like I don't blame my younger siblings for anything obviously because they're so young they're younger than me um but I still found myself kind of like worrying about my abusers and hoping they're okay and wondering what they're thinking and wondering what they're doing and I yeah I would get really angry with myself because I could not just like I could not understand why I was so sad about these people that hurt me. And so I know a lot of people relate to that too because, like I said, you cut off a toxic friend, you know, and then you find yourself, like, wondering about them and missing them. And with social media, it really sucks because you have this tool to look at their social media and look at their lives or at least the lives that they're perceiving on social media and you know it's 
it's really toxic to yourself, honestly. Like, I found myself looking at their Facebooks. I, for a really long time, could not even bother to block them on Facebook or on social media because I felt bad. And so they literally continued to message me and send me, like, literal death threats and horrible, horrible messages about how I'm a horrible person and saying kind of the worst things I've ever heard about myself. And I still couldn't find myself able to block them. And it wasn't because I liked the toxicness. Like, sometimes that does happen. Um, And that wasn't the reason for me. It was because I truly did still love them. And they were all I knew. But... I also had to take a step back and and really figure out what I wanted to do in my life. And once I was able to really name my abuse and things like that, I was able to take a step back and say, you know, unfortunately, I don't ever have the intention of having a relationship with anybody but my younger siblings I I was able to finally name that and realize that what I went through was abuse and that was so freeing for me but it was also so much more painful and lonely to realize that these people you knew for basically your whole life you are never going to have a relationship with them and you know it's for the best but it doesn't make that any less painful so I really really struggled with this and it wasn't until I was seeing my current therapist and she said to me you know this horrible emotion that you're feeling is grief and I had only ever heard people say that you are feeling grief if someone dies I only knew that you could grieve someone who was dead or you know I didn't realize that you could grieve people who are alive and well and as soon as she explained that that was the emotion I was feeling it everything made so much sense and so that's really what I want to talk about for today's episode you can grieve people who are alive and for some of you who maybe aren't feeling grief you might think that this is silly and you might think that It's, like, obvious, you know? You could feel so many things hearing that, I guess. But for me, it really, everything kind of fell into place because I realized that I was grieving the loss of these people. And you can grieve the loss of anybody that you no longer have in your life. You can grieve the loss of friends, family, anyone that you have no intention of keeping in your life. And it's almost 
it's actually for me it's worse than if I would have lost someone to death because if someone dies you know why you can't have a relationship with them like it's clear there's no questioning it you can't actually do anything about it but when you lose someone who is still alive and well and is living it is so much more painful because you have all of these questions and you have to consciously make a decision to not have them in your life every single day and there are choices you have to make choices you can choose to have them in your life and then obviously you wouldn't feel this sense of grief but for me if I choose that there are bigger consequences and that's abuse and toxic people but every day I have to wake up and choose to not have them in my life and so I have to choose this grief over having them in my life and so that's why I really feel like it's more difficult than if I would have lost someone to death because I didn't choose that but I am choosing to not have them in my life and so for any of you listening and you're struggling with missing somebody who you feel like maybe you shouldn't miss or you don't know why you're missing them, you're grieving the loss of them. You're grieving the loss of that friendship, of that relationship. You know, like, if you break up with your partner, you're going to grieve the loss of that, and you're going to constantly wonder what could have been. And you have to continue to make the choice to not reach out to them And the other thing that's difficult is sometimes this has happened to me. I've had friends who have just cut me off with no explanation. And after weeks or months of sitting there going through every single conversation and wondering what on earth you did wrong, you are grieving that friendship and that relationship you can sit there and you can reach out to them and you can text them and maybe they'll block you or maybe they won't but at some point you have to kind of realize what's going on and you have to make a choice you know you have to choose to let them go and to grieve them and to know that they're going to be out there being happy and you're not going to be a part of that and it sucks it's so painful and I carry that pain with me every single day every single day I think about my family every single day I think about the friends that I'm no longer friends with and maybe I'm just emotional or you know maybe I care too much but it's true I carry that pain with me every single second of the day and Not a day goes by that I don't think about these people or these family members. And that's normal. Every single person I know is probably grieving someone who's alive and well right now. And it's really sad, honestly, to name that. But it's also very freeing to realize what you're going through. And to be able to name what you're going through and accept it. And if you relate to anything I'm talking about, I just wanted to say that I'm sorry. 
because it sucks and I know that but I also wanted to know I want you to know that I'm so incredibly proud of you and I know that it's really really hard but we are doing the best we can and I'm proud of you and you should be proud of you too The other thing that really sucks about grieving somebody who's alive is people just don't seem to understand, like, why you care so much with friends, with an ex. Like, people on the outside can see so clearly, like, how much better it is for you to make this choice. Like, in my situation, everyone's like oh, you should be so grateful that you were able to cut off your family. Like, you should be so happy that you don't have to deal with that anymore. And they aren't understanding how difficult it can be at the same time as it is good for me. And I know that this pain is worth it. You know, like, this emotional pain is so much better than what could be if I was still being abused every day and I understand that and I am so grateful but it also doesn't take away the pain that I feel every single day too and when somebody loses someone to death everyone seems to know how to react you know like it is common unfortunately and people know um what it's like but in situations like where you're grieving someone who's alive and every single situation and relationship is different and it's really hard to be able to kind of put yourself in their shoes but everyone understands it so when you're grieving somebody who's alive nobody understands it And people don't say the same things to somebody who's grieving from death or grieving from someone who's being alive. And that's fine. I feel like we do need to normalize it a little bit more. But, yeah, I just kind of want to point out that contrast as well. But if you are struggling to get someone abusive or toxic out of your life, then no, like, I hope this helps you understand what you're going through. And I hope that you know how incredibly loved you are, especially by me and so many others, even if you feel lonely sometimes. I feel lonely almost every day, and that's normal. But I hope that this episode helped you to name some of these horrible emotions that you might be feeling and yeah I think I'm going to wrap it up here but I do love you so much and again if you're going through this I'm so sorry if you haven't drank water in a little bit I encourage you to take some sips of water if you haven't eaten go get a snack just do something that makes you feel good Take a moment and just close your eyes and listen to what your body needs and just do that. And a lot of the times it can be something really quick. 
and easy. If you know somebody who may appreciate the things I discussed in today's episode, send them the link. Maybe they can start to understand some of their emotions. If you want to talk about anything, feel free to reach out to me. My socials are at Lisa, the number four, Williams. At Lisa4Williams. I love you, and I hope you have the most amazing day. Mwah.